Welcome to Naja Reviews. This is Brian, your host, and it's been a fucking while. But today, we are going to talk about the first movie adaptation of I Am Legend, The Last Man on Earth, with Vincent Price, who's always fun to hear literally everybody have a parody or a caricature of him in pretty much every single everything. But anyway, I need to see more things with Vincent Price, like the Wax Museum, or the House of Wax, sorry. I've seen The Fly, that one was pretty good, but this one's good too. It's pretty much a one-man show for a good half of this movie. It's only about an hour and 26 minutes long, and if you want to watch it, if you have Prime, you can get Freebie, and it's on there in color and not in color. I watched it in color. It's from 64. So, yeah, let's get into this. There's no Will Smith action scenes in this one, though. Alright, so we get the first about two minutes of this movie. It's just shots of Rome, void of life. I mean, you see some smoke out of a couple of smokestacks, but ignore that part. One of the cool things that they did was that I think they used models when they were showing, like, the ground shots. Because it's like, isn't Rome one of the busiest fucking places ever? So that's a pretty good solution. Because they could get away with it when they were looking up at the buildings. Eventually we start seeing people though, but they're not alive. It's just like the random body laying on the ground here and there and everywhere. Then we start panning through a neighborhood and we stop at Dr. Morgan's house. It's not Neville this time. His alarm clock's going off and there's a lot of inner voice talking, monologuing telling you about what's happening so he's pretty much telling himself to get up it's another day we have to hurry we have to get going it's december of 65 and it all started about three years ago he makes his own calendar on the wall he's got garlic outside hanging on the door it's getting old he says he's got a generator and like i don't know if the generator has like kerosene or what but it's still running he fills it full of Whatever it is. He also still has gas in his vehicle, which, like, doesn't... That's not how that works. The gasoline would break down by then. But anyway, he's clearing his driveway, because there's a couple of dead ones on the driveway. Uh, That happens every day. He's got to clear them off every day. They feed off the weak ones, and he takes the dead bodies and throws them in the pit. It's a burning pit. But since he has a generator, he gets to drink coffee while he does his, his daily broadcast to see if anybody's still out there. Guess what? They're not. We also learn that they hate their reflection, and they dislike garlic. We also learn that he's, like, so disillusioned that food isn't enjoyable anymore. It is just fuel for survival. So he's not in a good mental state. We'll just go with that. He's basically a machine at this point. Because he's just going to have coffee and OJ this morning. Because he doesn't need food. He does see a doll though and has this emotional breakdown. And then he kind of scalds himself for it. Because he's like, I can't get angry. Because if I get angry, then I'll lose my sense of self. Even for a minute. And then I will be nothing more than the things outside trying to get me. Or some bullshit like that. So then we see his big map of the city. And he is systematically searching through the whole entire city trying to find the nest or like nest of them and he's like almost complete with one segment he's got like a good i don't know maybe 10 more years until he finishes the city it's not looking good for him but he is almost done with one segment he says he's killed 11 but then like we'll get to it it's like doesn't make sense he also like every day he makes a he has a lathe in his living room and he makes steaks he has like a bag full of them then he starts loading bodies and then he starts going to the pit but he needs gas for his car which 
doesn't fit in real life. Uh, he goes to an old tanker and fills up. He doesn't pump it out of a gas station. And the pit is this huge, like, toxic burn valley that he like literally it's such wasteful bullshit it'd be different if he had like 50 bodies that he like gathered up and then he threw into the pit and then he like dumped some gas in and threw the can in with it and then lit it on fire but it was like two bodies you're gonna waste a gas can on two fucking bodies like he threw the gas can in to the death fire pit what the fuck? Anyway, then he goes to the grocery store. He checks on the grocery store's generator. It's making a weird noise. He fixes it. And then he goes into the, the freezer and there's like a shitload of meat and a shitload of garlic. I don't know how long meat and garlic last in a freezer, but I don't know if three years is the answer. Also, he doesn't even talk about thinking about growing this shit. It's like he can stay in the daytime. It's only nighttime that he has to be inside. And they're not nearly as vicious as the fucking Will Smith version. So it's like he could, oh, they'd fuck up the garden. He could find a way to make some so he just takes like a basket full to make a wreath of garlic for his front door and then he has to go mirror shopping because they hate the reflection but instead of warding them off they go and they break it it's like just drape garlic over your house just grow garlic outside of your house when they destroy the farm they'll dig up the garlic and then they'll like fucking fuck off he's doing this all wrong anyway he goes on a building search and he stakes like three or four of them just in this one day slash montage it's one day he hauls them off to the pit too one at a time it's fucking annoying uh so it was like when did he start trying to do this like last month because he's killing zombies pretty they're like zompires because they're like their weaknesses are the same as a vampire but they're dumb and slow like a zombie we're about to see one so might as well just like say it now so anyway he gets back home he replaces everything all the mirrors, the fucking garlic wreath, all that bullshit. And then he blares music and he's like, I'm gonna drink. And then he can't get the bottle open. But it draws them all closer, like the ones near the house. And they start banging on the house, yelling shit. This is where you see they're like gray, slow and dumb. They can they remember who you are. They knew you in life. They knew you in death. Or they know you in death. He's got a, a dead kid nightmare that wakes him up, which throws him off for the whole day. He can't focus on anything. So then he drives off to a far off church with a coffin that his wife is in he passes out till nighttime and like talk about not intimidating even later when he describes how they can be intimidating this movie proves that they are not intimidating he basically like pushes them off of him like out of the way like i need to get to my car move out of the way push oh there's a couple of them over here like punch push oh oh it's a tight spot let me just push it all over like dominoes gets in his car drives home and the fucking same bullshit that happened at the church happens at his house but the domino thing happens with like three or four of them he just like pushes them over gets his hand on a mirror and just like jukes into the house and there's one outside that keeps taunting him he's watching home movies now because he's reminded of his whole dead family situation and when he's done doing that the one outside is taunting him and he has a flashback quite a long flashback uh it's uh his kid's birthday don't remember which age don't care she's a toddler she could talk um and then ben comes over he's the one that's been shouting the whole time by the way and ben is his like friend it's like his friend slash colleague at uh the lab that he works at and he brings up that they think that the illness is airborne and morgan is like i don't believe it or at least he doesn't want to and then he tells his wife that it's an unkillable virus like they haven't found a way to kill it in the lab and then after some time the kid is like bedridden and the mom is like sick too then he goes to the lab the cells are like in, in, the infected cells are eating healthy cells 
to stay alive. Ben hears stories about bodies coming back to life. Morgan is skeptical, which is fair enough, but I like the way that Ben is approaching it. He's not just like, I heard a story and I believe it, so it's true. He's like, we could at least investigate it to see if it's true. If it isn't true, we mark it off. If it is true, we need to know about it. Later at home, the TV is like, you should totally report if you have a, a plague victim in your house. We totally won't take them away from you and fucking burn them. So, like, the mom wants to call the doctor, and he's like, how about we don't do that so our daughter doesn't get taken away forever? The daughter's blind, by the way. It's a pretty terrible scene. Like, this kid asking where her mommy is, it's kind of chilling. It's not good. It's, I mean, it is good. It's, I am like seeing kids in pain. That's all I'm saying. So he's gonna go pick up Ben, but Ben has the garlic in the mirrors at the door, and he's like, irate, like, how about you go fuck off, not going into work today, I'm gonna stay home. He sees a, a few military body trucks drive past him as he goes to the lab. Everyone's gone but the lead doctor guy, and, and that guy's like, mankind's gonna prevail, I promise. Um, yeah. The title would not lead you to believe that that's true. So at home, Mom decided to call the doctor because she the kid died, like, literally, like, right before he walked into the door. So then she's, like, in shock, and he's, like, freaking out, shaking her, yelling questions at her, I guess is the best way to describe what he was doing. And then he gets in the truck, and then he follows the body truck, and he goes to the fucking death pit, and he gets all the way up to where, like, they're throwing a, a, a child-sized body into the death pit. And one of the guys, military guys, is like, my daughter's in here too. There's lots of daughters. Go away. So then he goes away. He comes back home. And then she's like, I'm blind. I'm dead. So then he goes and buries her out in the middle of fucking nowhere in some field somewhere. And that night, she's like whispering to him and shit. And she's like, hi, I'm at your front door. And then I'm pretty sure the, the flashback ends there. And uh, well, we know where she ended up. So when we come back from the flashback, the car's fucking totaled. It's morning time, and even in his voiceover, he's like, Ben, you think that fucking destroying my car is going to do anything? I'll just go pick up a new one. So he does. Then he's back home. Then he sees a dog, and he chases the dog for fucking ever. Like, the dog goes over a hill, and then, like, that dog's fucking gone. But he kept going for, like, miles. And then he finds some zompires that have been killed. They've been stabbed with uh, metal stakes. And then he goes back home, and then he does a broadcast where he's, like, losing it. Because he thought he was going to have a companion and then it was gone. Or, no, it wasn't because of that. It's because he saw them get staked, saw the dudes get staked. So he's like, is there somebody out there? Please answer me. And then he hears the dog outside, brings the dog inside, washes the dog, bandages the dog. The dog's infected, stakes the dog, buries the dog in a hole. Yay, his life. It's going great. All of the joy you had for that dog and then he tested its blood and it fucking ruined his whole life. Well, when he's done burying the dog, he sees a lady walking down in that field, in a field. So then he like chases her down and like, she says that he, he hit her, but I don't, I didn't see him hit her or even slap her or anything. So whatever. Anyways, the point is he's like, it'll be nighttime soon. You don't want to be out here when they're out here. Come with me. So then she does. Get back to his house. And then she checks herself in the mirror. He makes some coffee. She also has like this case. So you know that she's totally one of them. Like they didn't hide it at all. If she would have just checked herself in the mirror. And took the clothes that she took. It would have been different. But she checked like she pulled a case out. Looked at it. And then like looked around and then hid it. But anyways, her name is Ruth, and she talks about how her husband died, 
Um, she doesn't like garlic, and he accuses her of being a fucking zompire, and she convinces him that he might be overreacting, but then she wants to leave, and he's like, no, because you'll die if you go out there. Then he makes some food she doesn't eat, which is even more fucking suspicious. They talk about how he's used to him, like, them banging at the door doesn't even bother him anymore. He thinks he's immune because of a bat bite he had in Panama. Like, like, okay, there's some validity to this thought process, I guess, because vamp- vampires, bats can be like a vector for so many different diseases all at one time where they're just like i'll carry it but i won't be fucking affected by it i'm a fucking cesspool of death um bats can do that we learned that in bats uh, um so he thinks that it was a diluted version that bit him which give him gave him immunity but it never actually says why he's immune that's just the best we got uh she's getting pale and she's gonna take a hit from her thing and he walks in and the vac it's a vaccine mixed with blood the vaccine suppresses it and then the blood mixed in feeds what's left that didn't die off from the vaccine so it doesn't destroy the body she's a spy she's like i was supposed to come here see if you've learned anything more than us and then detain you while the death squad comes to kill you but then she's like i'm not gonna kill you and passes out and she takes her gun or he takes her gun and then does a blood transfusion with her while she's asleep Ah, uh, and then cures her, but then when he sets up a thing to show her something, Ben gets in and bites her, and then the death squad rolls up on him, and he runs away, and she's like, don't fucking kill him, and they're like, we don't give a shit what you have to say, and uh, they shoot the shit out of Ben, he cries a little bit, and he runs off, he gets like, he goes to like a cop shop and, and gets like some smoke grenades and like shit like that, and he evades them for a while, he goes into a church, he kills like three of two or three of them, but he gets gunned down in a church. And his last words are like, basically, they were afraid of me. But she's really remorseful about it. There's a kid crying and she's just like, yeah, the monster's dead. In other words, it's sad for like a couple of reasons. One, humanity's dead. So that doctor was wrong three years ago. And and two, uh, the lady got sad at the end. I don't know. It was pretty good for a 60s movie. There was a, if you, if you don't like watching a character just do shit quietly, you're not going to like this movie though, because yeah, there's a whole lot of doing shit without talking. And then there's a whole lot of doing shit with voiceover. It's really good though, in my opinion. Is it better than I Am Legend? I mean, depends on the kind of movie you want. This was less action, but the same overarching story. So I don't know. I would give it a watch. Especially since you can watch it for free with ads. And they're not even that bad. So go to Freebie, watch it. And I don't know what I'm watching for the next one, but hopefully it comes out in the next couple weeks. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.